After long delay, Four Quarters is back. It's a little late in the week, folks, but we have a hot episode for you today. Quarter one, we're doing our traditional NFL rundown. We go through the Steelers' almost upset, Cam's comeback, and then we hand out some midseason award rankings, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and a couple other things. In quarter two, we get back into our college talk. Notre Dame's upset, Liberty's upset, Florida Beach, Georgia, and more. Quarter three, we move on to the Masters, their back baby, and the return of college basketball. In quarter four, my thing is where Brad made a wild prediction about the tug of Aloha brothers and I told you why Bill Belichick is in the hot All right, what do uh, James Harden, Floyd Mayweather, Lamar Jackson, DaBaby, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Ja Morant, Lil Baby, Trey Young, A Boogie, Dwayne Wade, Teron Matthew, and Cam Chancellor have in common? Brad, do you know? I'm pretty sure they all wear Habits 365. That is right. They all wear Habits 365. What is Habits 365? It's a New York-based apparel company that encourages the practice of positive habits 365 days a year. They believe that closing has the power to represent your values and serve as a constant reminder of how you choose to express yourself. Me and Brad have been sponsored by Habits 365, and Brad just got his shirt in last week. Brad, what, is, what about that shirt? It's so great. Listen, this shirt is super comfy. It's super soft. It's dry fit. Which was which was kind of a surprise to me. I didn't even look into it before I got it. But right. It was a dry fit shirt. It's got a super nice logo on the front of it. Super clean. And I mean, I'd, I'd wear it all the time if, you know, I didn't stink it up all the time but right i got a hoodie on the way i'm gonna let you guys know how that feels but because me and brad are sponsored and because we love this product so much habits 365 has decided to give four quarters listener a special offer if you go to habits 365 and buy any piece of clothing and type in four quarters two you get a discount on anything that you order that's four quarters two quarters is all capitalized the number four all caps quarters, the number two. Lift off. Are we live? We are live. live. You want to jump right into the NFL breakdown after a long delay? Finally recording, and we're finally going to talk about quarter one in the NFL. Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I've been ready. All right, well, you go first because your Carolina Panthers almost stunned the Chiefs, even though I really don't agree with that. What do you mean you don't agree with that? The Panthers were very close to beating the Chiefs this week. Yeah, I don't agree with what you have written underneath it. Oh, I agree with what I brought underneath. I do believe the Chiefs' defense is their weakness. And letting up 31 to Carolina? I mean, Christian McCaffrey was back for the first game. He looked very good. I was very impressed. Did sustain a shoulder injury. On yeah, that one hurt drive. my feelings a lot. I mean, good thing I don't have him on fantasy, but it does hurt Carolina moving forward. But still, they, even let, they let 31 up to Carolina. They have had close games with Chargers as well. They lost to the Raiders. And Patrick Mahomes looks pretty good. Their offense has been playing well. Right. Their defense is putting them in sticky situations, which their offense has been able to bail them out of for the most part, except for against the Raiders. But I think that their defense is a weakness and could keep them from winning a Super Bowl. Okay, so we said this about the Chiefs last year, and as it turns out, the Chiefs' defense is what won them the Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes and the offense was struggling against the one of the best defenses of all time, the San Francisco 49ers, at least one of the most well-constructed defenses of all time in the San Francisco 49ers last year. 
So the Chiefs defense is actually better than people give them credit for. Here's the issue with the Chiefs defense. They're playing with one of the best offenses we have seen in the last two to three decades. Probably one of the best offenses we've seen of all time. This Chiefs defense is always going to get overshadowed by Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and their offense. It's just what's going to happen. So people are naturally going to assume that they're not on the same level. But let's get real. We can both agree that the Chargers are the real deal right now, especially with Justin Herbert. You mean the uh, Chargers, yes. Yes. They have kept every game they've been in close. That is not just exclusive to the Kansas City Chiefs. They did it with the Broncos. They did it with the Raiders just this past week. So this Chargers team is a real team. So are the Raiders. Now, here's the deal with the Panthers. This Panthers team is better than their record shows and a lot better than a lot of people think. I have come around on the Carolina Panthers. I think you had a topic earlier in the year where it was like, is Carolina actually good? I dismissed that out of hand, but I was wrong. If you take a look at this Carolina team, they're better than what they're putting on the field, mainly because they have a brand new head coach and a brand new quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater is an average to above average quarterback. They have average to above average receivers in DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson is turning into one of the better free agent signings of the year. And they have found a gem in Mike Davis. And when Christian McCaffrey's on that field, that offense is fairly dynamic. So, no, I don't think the Chiefs' defense is going to keep them from winning a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be part of the reason they win a Super Bowl because the defense plays well enough to have the offense put up as many points as they need. And clearly, as we saw, it didn't really matter last year because they went down 24 nothing and then went and scored 34 unanswered points. Which they did. Texans. Yeah, well, they did that in like every playoff game they were in last year. But yeah. I don't know if they can continue that. I don't know if that's a thing that you do in back-to-back playoffs. I don't know. We've said a lot of things like that with this Chiefs team, and then they just prove it wrong. So my thing is I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs at 8-1 and one because they just haven't lost. And they're doing things that are honestly insane. It's getting rather silly. Pat Mahomes has 26 touchdowns in one pick through nine games. He's done nine in the last two weeks. Yeah, if you don't understand, that is bananas with a capital B. That's insane. That's all-time numbers. One pick in nine games, one. That's I don't even know what to say to that. Like, how is that even possible? And then they're doing things. Like, I'm pretty sure Matt Rule sat on the sidelines like, am I a joke to you when they had Pat Mahomes lined up outside the tackle and then he ran as if he was catching a jet sweep and then looped back around the field and threw a touchdown? That has to make you feel like a joke. Yeah, I mean, but that's okay. It's the Chiefs. We, we still almost won. We hung in the game. I was impressed with Carolina. I was impressed with Carolina as well. I just disagree with the idea that the defense is what's going to keep the Chiefs from winning a Super Bowl. Sorry, we'll see you later down the line. I don't it'll, see, it'll, a, te- it'll I don't see a team that can really compete with the Chiefs this year. I just don't. I wanted to say the Bucks, but clearly the Bucks are not the team that we thought they were. We can get to that a little bit later. But no, the Chiefs defense is not going to keep them from winning a Super Bowl. I think it is, and I think we'll be talking about this come January. I would be, you would be remiss to bet against Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. All right, I'm not, all right. I mean, you saw him softball pitch a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. We saw that, that happened. I'm not the only one that saw that. Yeah, I get it. He does a bunch of cool things on the right. field, but, I mean, I'm, they do I'm whatever, sure. They do whatever they want. To. I'm sure Russell Wilson could do those same things. He just doesn't. I actually would disagree, but. Also, this defense is better than you give credit for. They have a superstar defensive tackle in Chris Jones, and they have a superstar safety in Teron Matthew. They have a very good corner rookie cornerback in Legereus Sneed. They have a very good safety in Sorensen. They have some solid linebackers, and whoever the corner is on the other side plays very well. I believe it's Bashad Breland. 
they have a really solid defense. I just think we're in an era of NFL football where shutdown defenses are very hard to come by. Even the Steelers are not shut down, and they're the best defense in the league. It's just this is an offensive league through and through now. So you're going to give up 14, 21, 35 points. It's just going to happen. It's how it happens. But the Panthers are better than we thought they were, and we're overrating, we're underrating the Chiefs' defense by a good margin. I don't think they're underrated. I still think they're a weak defense, but... I don't know that they're a weak defense, honestly. All right, weak, all right, weak, weak's the wrong word. Weak is the wrong Statistically, they're towards one of the top five. In the league? I believe so. I could be 100% wrong about this, but I did see where they're statistically at least a top 10 defense in the NFL. I was just looking at that. Oh, hold up. What is this, offense? Yeah, this is offense. Well, Defensive leaders. They are, well, they're not in the top five here in yards per game, but that's just one statistic. Correct. Uh, we got them down here. Oh, yeah, yards per game. They're way down there. Uh, let's see. They got a points per game? Yes, they do. Lowest. I guess they're what? One, two, three, four, five. They're sixth in points per game allowed. Okay. So, pretty good. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I'll give them that. And their yards, can, I mean, they're mediocre the thing, in yards. Though, if you can be sixth in points per game allowed with the number one offense, it's a pretty good recipe for success. Would you disagree? No. Okay. See? So, checkmate. It's okay. It's their rush defense that's weak. It's uh. Okay, how many teams are run-dominant teams in the NFL? Yeah, I get it. Not very many, but, I mean, they got to go against the Titans. And also against the – okay, who cares? What do you mean who cares? They did it last year. It didn't matter. Ryan Tannehill – That was last year. It's a new season. Ryan Tannehill at the end of the day is going to underperform in playoff games, and Derrick Henry is kind of getting figured out. A little bit. Yeah, he's, he's still leading the league. He's six foot three, two 263 pounds. He's a moving refrigerator down the field. I understand that. But if you just load eight and make them throw, they're not the same team. That's how you beat the Titans. Well, no, yeah, well, that's we've what seen the, that. that's what the that's what the Chiefs did when they beat them in the playoffs. Yeah, well, it's a new year, and I think that the Titans have a better shot. I would put a hefty amount of money on the Chiefs repeating for the Super Bowl. I would not, but that's just me. Anyways, we're gonna move on. Bills trample the Seahawks. I see you're starting to pick up on some of my dorky, clever. Well, I had, to, I had to pick it back up. I mean, you you usually, you know, have been doing the outline. So I was like, all right, well, let me, let me see been, if I can keep the flow the same. Yeah, man. I mean, you're picking up, you're picking it up, but I'm definitely going to get the next one and get at you with some better puns here. But, yeah, that Bills team really stepped it up this week. And I think they showed you what they saw on film and what really every team sees on film. That secondary in Seattle is as close as you can get to garbage. And I mean, well, I mean, this is something we've been seeing, and it's something that's been said a lot of the years that Seattle's defense isn't great. I mean, their their defense hasn't been great since they had the Legion of Boom, which what ended in what 2014 or something like that. Yeah, maybe a little bit later, but even still, their defense has always been a weakness. And this year, I think it's I don't even know if you can say it's at like a very low spot because I mean, their front seven isn't terrible. They're not bad up front. I mean, they just got in Seattle. Yes, they're not terrible. They're not terrible. Mm. That pass rush is non-existent. They're working on it. By signing Carlos Dunlap? Yeah, it'll help. I like Carlos Dunlap, but he's a veteran. He's older. He's not going to get you the pressure that you might really be wanting. But I understand the signing. I would have tried to get Ryan Kerrigan if I were them, but cool. Well, they jumped the gun on that a little bit. I don't think Washington will let him leave. No, they won't. But I would have at least made a phone call. Maybe they did, and I don't know. I don't really have sources, but you know, I didn't really get on the phone with uh, Adam Schefter as soon as I could have, so I don't know. But I will say that defense just couldn't stop 
the wind. They just don't have any. They're just not a stiff defense. It's bad. No, and I mean Josh Allen had a field day. I mean, 415 yards passing is. Yeah. I mean, he I was planted firmly on my fantasy bench after having 16 last week. But it didn't, and it didn't help that Rush really didn't play. I can't. I don't know if you can say he didn't play that well. I mean, his stat, he had two touchdowns, but one of them was kind of the one to DK at the end of the game. You know, kind of a garbage time touchdown almost, and he had his two picks. So I mean, he didn't have a perfect game by any means. Their offense didn't look, you know, perfect. Well, so here's my thing with the Seahawks. They're so dependent on Russell Wilson to be this. I mean, we have seen Russell Wilson through the first couple games, through the first really every game he's played to this point. Outside of the kind of struggle in Arizona, he play has played this amazing style of football. I mean, it's almost unbelievable how good Russell Wilson is playing this year. But it gets to a point where Seattle is so dependent on Russell Wilson to be Superman that it's just there's too much on one guy's shoulders. Because you're going to have a bad game. You're going to have a bad Sunday. It's going to happen. You're going to have a bad half. The Seahawks made some adjustments and played well in the second half, but it was still all Russell Wilson. That defense has got to pick it up. They need to find somebody who can play some defense in that secondary. It was Jamal Adams' first game back, so I understand why he wasn't up to snuff. But Quentin Dunbar needs to step it up. He's a better corner than what he's putting on the field, and whoever is on the other side needs to get better. I don't know who it is. But that secondary is pathetic to say the least yeah i mean there's no i mean that's clearly why they're gonna lose games in the future while they've lost games this year it's all on the defense and you can't fully rely well not necessarily i mean russ in the two games that they've lost russ hasn't played up to par and that's clear as day that that's basically their sole reason for being successful right now right and i think you know they use the analogy in seattle of let russ cook but Russ is not just cooking. He's doing the cooking, the cleaning, the roofing. He's doing everything over in Seattle. I mean, he's doing it literally all. So I would love to let Russ cook. But can you get somebody else to sweep for him, to use Colin Cowherd's analogy? You know what I mean? Like, there's just too much on Russ. And I think it's fair to say that. Because you can't be solely dependent to say, hey, Russ, go be great every single possession because that's not how it works i mean we've seen even pat mahomes isn't great every single possession you have to have a defense to help you a little bit and you have to have a run game where is the run game in seattle they're on like their 18th running back dj dallas i've never even heard of this guy yeah um, well i mean chris carson's been hurt and that seems to be a thing that i feel like always happens with seattle they'll get to a certain point the running backs begin to fade away and get hurt. I don't know what the running back thing is in Seattle. It's it's all the time. It's every year. I feel like it always happens. They're always the three, four deep in the running back room because they have to be. Everybody's always getting hurt up top. They also really haven't had a you know very dominant running back in Seattle since Marshawn Lynch was there. Yeah. I mean, I like Chris Carson. I don't know that he was as, as a dominant back, but they definitely need to see if they can get a good running back. Speaking of teams that struggle with, um, this is just a tangent. We're going to get back to a different game. This isn't even on the outline. But apparently, you know how many leg injuries have happened to Washington football quarterbacks? Yes. They've all happened in the month of November. And I think that's rather insane. It's happened to Joe Theismann in the the month of November. It has happened to Alex Smith in the month of November. It has happened to Colt McCoy in the same month Alex Smith got hurt. And has now happened to Kyle Allen in the month of November. It's kind of concerning. If I were a quarterback for Washington in the month of November, I would just 
hang it up. I'd call it a month. I'd be like, I'm not playing this month. Just not playing. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the Joe Theismann, Alex Smith, and Kyle Allen injuries all happened on the same part of in like the same spot of the field. Yeah, I would just hand the ball off forever. I would never. Yeah, I would be so nervous being a quarterback out there. I mean. That field has just been known to destroy it also, ankles, legs, RG3, ACLs, anything that you can think of that is the worst possible injury for a quarterback in his legs has happened on that field. I don't know who the Washington athletic trainer is, but I'd be sweating and I'd be shaking in my boots right now if I knew that stat- statistic. But it seems to be a weird, just a weird thing that's going on in Washington. But it is interesting in Washington. They're going to, they have, uh, I don't know who they have up next, but. It might be the Lions, if I'm not mistaken, but they are going to start Alex Smith. That was pretty – I mean, Ron Rivera said that from, like, the first moment of the press conference after the game that Alex Smith was going to be the starter, which would tell me Dwayne Haskins is probably done, even even though Ron Rivera says he's not. No, he's 100% done. I think they like Alex Smith, at least for right now. Either it could be to sit Dwayne, let him, you know – work a little bit and build his way back up into that starting role maybe as a more mature, developed quarterback. Or they just might be getting ready to shop him out and see where they can get him to go and see if they can get anything for him. I don't know who would sign him, who would trade for him at this point. Um, but he's a good stepping stone guy to the next guy. Like They clearly have some other holes on this team that they need to fulfill. So, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with them or surprised with them if they don't even draft a quarterback this year. At least not with their first pick. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Washington will go. They need a lot of pieces on that offense. I mean, they've, really won, they've won two games, so they're probably top five pick. But if Trey Lance and Trevor are gone, I don't know that you – not Trey Lance, excuse me. If Justin Fields and Trevor are gone, I don't know that you take a risk on Trey Lance. I think you try to find an offensive tackle or trade that pick or do something else to help your team. It's really just going to depend it's really just going to depend on where they pick at. I mean, I think if they get a, you know, a later closer a pick closer to 10, then they definitely shouldn't really pick up a quarterback or necessarily any skill position. They need to build something, you know, up front first to keep the quarterbacks safe and healthy cuz clearly it's been a problem. Well, some of their clear needs are safety, quarterback. They need another weapon outside of Terry McLaurin. Um, maybe a tight end. That might be a later pick. And first and foremost, offensive line, for sure. Um, but that also that D-line, as much as they have drafted that position well, it's not playing up to what that they were anticipated to be this year. I'm not saying they're playing bad. I'm not saying Chase Young is a bust. I'm saying they're underperforming for what they were projected to be. Well, plus it doesn't help you get a guy like Ryan Kerrigan who wants out of there. I'm sure that doesn't help the overall morale of their D-line. Well, I understand why he wants out. He went from a starter to now his job's taken by a rookie. He's not getting the snaps that he deserves, even though he's the all-time sack leader in Washington. Yeah, I don't understand that move. Plus, I, I mean, there's more than one spot you can play the guy at, or both of them. You can yeah. move. You can move Chase Split around. Time. Yeah, even that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you don't I think see they, a guy like that off the field. I think they should rotate more. But, anyways, moving on. Philip flops, and the only reason, only only reason I want to talk about this Colts Ravens game is Philip Rivers is the epitome of a shot fighter. Like this, his attempt to make a tackle on the Ravens linebacker is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, if that doesn't make Philip Rivers to you seem like just that uncle at thanksgiving he's always like you know the kids are out playing football oh, yeah. and he just wants to join in and uncle you know he's Rico like vibes. exactly like he's like you know i can you just be able to sling that rock 
you know, quarter mile, whatever. Well, he was tracing after that Ravens linebacker like he had his shoelaces tied together. It was bad. I mean, he was turned around all types of ways. I mean, he tripped over his own feet, knees got crossed up, and then just laid there in defeat like a turtle on his back in the sun. Just, it was bad. Yeah, I don't, when I saw that clip, I I had no words for it, honestly. I didn't know. know It was hilarious. It was absolutely embarrassing for him. Oh, yeah, 100%. But what'd you expect? It's Philip Rivers. Yeah, it is Philip Rivers. And uh, our next topic. Go on, Brad. All right, this one. It it still hurts me that it's like that. It has to come out this way. I was really hoping I was get to come in here and just run my mouth for days about the Steelers losing to the Cowboys. Sadly, that didn't happen. They almost got upset, but that's still got to be a tough pill to swallow. Being that the Cowboys are um, awful, let's say to say the least. Big Ben did get hurt, you know, in the middle of the game. He, you know, they had some difficulties on the offensive side. Really, it seemed like moving the ball forward. And uh, what is it, Garrett Gilbert, right? Was that his first name, Garrett? Correct. Absolute dog. Came in and just, I, I can't say balled out, but, like, I was very impressed with what he did. Came out throwing. Yeah, and, then, and, he, and he got the ball around. He did some things. He made some things work. He put them in a great position, and they blew it. And that's really all there's to say. I mean, I'm, I wish that the Steelers would have lost. I was really riding my weekend that the Steelers were going to lose to the Cowboys. So, at the end of the day, there's a win column and there's a loss column. The Steelers have the number eight in the win column. And uh, remind me again, what's the number in the lose column? It's a zero. Okay. So the Steelers are going to remain undefeated. And here's my thing. I've heard a lot of these arguments that, oh, the Steelers are a couple plays from being five and three, four and four and whatnot, whatever. But guess who's making the plays? The Steelers, right? Winning team make the win. Winning teams make the winning plays, and everybody's going. Oh, they don't. They don't blow anybody out. One, they blew the brown the the Browns out, a team that everybody keeps telling me is a playoff team. So okay, thirty eight to seven. That's a blowout. Also, who have when the Patriots were a dynasty? Did they really ever blow anybody out? Maybe once or twice, but was ever consistent. They lost. Well, no, the, they like lost there was a couple the years where they some, would. They lost to the Dolphins sometimes. The Jets would give them fits. The I mean, I'm pretty sure that would... 2007 Patriots team blew a couple people out. Okay, that is a rarity, but in a consist across a consistency, blowouts in the NFL are a lot rarer than you think, and here's why: because every Sunday is a clean slate for every team, no matter what you want to say. They could game plan differently. Something could go on in practice. There's a million different reasons a team's going to come out and play hard. This game is a typical trap game, and a typical game by Pittsburgh, really. They had just come off their biggest win of the season. They beat their division rival in an absolute battle. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're on the road. They're playing a team they know should, they should beat. All the Cowboys have been hearing is, oh, we're 14-point we're underdogs. We're bad. We're going to get run out. We don't, like, we don't deserve to even play all of that stuff. So they're coming out with a little bit of aggression. They're a team that has nothing to lose given their unbelievable punt scheme where they decided to turn, throw the ball across the field, and if it weren't for a block in the back, would have scored. Ah, That was amazing to see. But if you look at it, the Cowboys only scored one touchdown, so clearly the defense held up, right? Only scored one touchdown. Still the Cowboys. Right, but only scored one touchdown. Yes, it is still the Cowboys, but as I just said, the Cowboys were playing with nothing to lose. They're, they got Randy Gregory back, which notched up their pass rush probably three, four-fold. 
And if you look at it, their defense played to the potential they have. Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith are some of the best linebackers in the NFL. They have a great pass rush. The secondary leaves some questions to be concerned. And as for Ben getting injured, he tested negative for COVID. The knees are going to be fine. This guy, this is what this guy does. He actually played better after he got hurt, which is just the way Ben is. They'll give him some, you know, happy pills in the locker room, numb his knees up. He'll go out there and throw it around the throw it around the yard. We're going to beat the Bengals and go 9-0. I still, okay, I'll give him beating the Bengals, all right? It's still the Bengals. I could see an upset. We'll get into that later, but... Um, but that upset really doesn't matter. It's a divisional opponent against Joe Burrow who's playing lights out right now. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that matters. I'm not trying to talk about that game right now. But the Steelers I'm, are also 22-4 and four under Mike Tomlin against rookie quarterbacks, but continue. Yeah, well, Mike Tomlin's on pace to be just one of the greatest coaches ever. But 140 anyways. wins. He's never had a losing season in 14 seasons. Do I need to keep going? No, I already gave Mike Tomlin goat status almost. Okay. But I anyways, just want you to remember who you're But I about. think what Steelers fans should be worried about is Big Ben – health moving forward the rest of the season. Yes, I know, like, he banged his knee up, whatever. He did come out, but he came and he came back in, still played well, but he's old. Dude, we've been worrying about Big Ben's health for the past 17 years. That's not – this is not new But does us. him getting hurt and not being able to play change this team's moving forward? 100%. You're going to throw out Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and hope he can win a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Every Steelers fan understands that when Big Ben, if he gets hurt – and misses considerable time, if not the remainder of the year, I don't have faith in Mason Rudolph and his cracked cranium to go try to win us football games. You're not breaking news there. You're not breaking ground. That's a pretty obvious idea. I mean, I was just throwing it out there. I mean, I, I think that if it's a Patrick logical Mahomes thing that you should be more worried about right now. For his ACL yesterday, is Chad Henney going to come in and win them football games? I mean, Absolutely could. not. they got weapons. We have weapons. We have one of the best young receiving cores in the NFL. I mean, the Chiefs are a lot better still, though. It's Bruce Arians and his offensive play scheme is one of the best I've ever seen. Bruce but you Arians see what I'm saying. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. You can trot out Mason and just be like, oh, the Steelers are done. I'm going to be like, well, way to go, Sherlock. I mean, I hope it, I hope it happens, but, you know, all the best to Ben. I mean, I think Ben is going to remain. If Ben can remain healthy, I think they're a Super Bowl contender for sure. Which I don't see happening. You don't see him remaining healthy? No. I, I mean, he's one big hit away from, I don't know, breaking a, any limb in his body. So is everybody else. Yes, but I feel like Big Ben's more of a liability. He's Tom Brady's fragile. not. Tom Brady's 43 years old. If that dude gets decleated one time, I'm not sure he's getting Yeah, but him. nobody will try to deplete Tom. Yeah, nobody's going to try to deplete Ben. He's a big dude. He's also old. But he's still a big dude. There's a respect that goes around the NFL. What happened in the Dallas game was kind of just one of those eh plays. It was just one of those plays that can happen on any given Sunday. But I think Ben's going to stay healthy. This team just seems to have – there's something there that even though that they have these struggles, they're pulling out wins. There's something to that. I don't really care how you win. You don't have to win pretty all the time. Just You just have to win. You know what I mean? You don't get extra points. The Super Bowl trophy isn't any brighter if you win in a blowout. It's still the Super Bowl trophy. And it's a bad Super Bowl. Huh? I said, and it's a bad Super Bowl. Nobody if it's a blowout? a blowout? Yeah, like when, uh, God, there was a team that got blown out, and they had so much, so many expectations. They didn't even get blown out. Uh, All right. They didn't? No. They didn't? No. If anybody doesn't know, I'm talking about when Carolina got run out the gym by the Broncos. 
No. They didn't really? even get blown up. The, the last touchdown was scored in like the, the remaining minutes of the fourth quarter. Mm. That game was pretty much done from in the first half. No. There was just there was still chances in the second half. Eh. I don't want to bring this back up, right? It's a very emotional subject. Yeah, that's because they're a front-running team. Anyways, moving on, you just have Tua written, and I'm really curious as to why. Because I want to go back to last week where you were basically throwing Tua in a trash can almost. And no, saying, no, 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 no. I have the receipts. Not true. Basically, what you're telling me is you didn't think Tua was going to be great. He's I- not. I think Tua is going to be an above-average quarterback. Is he going to be um, a Hall of Famer? Probably not. What do you think of Kyler? I think Kyler is turning into a carbon copy of Russell Wilson with a little bit more speed. Well, I see. I Kyler can see Tua a, getting there though. No, he's not as fast as Russ. He's not as fast as Kyler Murray. Not as elusive as Russell Wilson. Doesn't have the arm of Russell Wilson. I mean, he looked pretty good. Yes, on Sunday, two forty-two and two touchdowns. 247. 247. Okay, 248 and two touchdowns. Yeah, but when How many points did they score? 34. Was it 34-41? Or 34-31? Yeah. Okay. So he scored 14 of those 34 points. I'm pretty sure Alarm bells should I'm be going I'm pretty sure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He didn't run one in. He didn't run one in? Nope. Well, that's okay. He still no, put him not. in a good position. Okay. On Okay. Let me just look at this. Through nine games... Pat Mahomes has thrown 26 touchdowns. Okay, and Pat Mahomes has been in the league for how long? Roughly three a game. This is third year. But I'm not comparing Tua to Pat Mahomes. But I am saying that if you score 34 points, the quarterback should be responsible for at least three of those touchdowns. Also, we have not seen his explosion, like I said last week, the way we have seen it with Herbert and Burrow. I think what the Dolphins see here is that Herbert and Burrow are really good rookies early and they took time with Tua so they're saying hey let's see what we have with Tua we don't think that he's that much worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick we don't think we lose a lot there we have a serious defense Brian Flores is a really good coach solid on special teams and we really just need less mistakes Ryan Fitzpatrick throws a lot of interceptions so let's see if Tua he's an incredibly accurate quarterback really accurate in college throws a really accurate ball let's see what he's got they're just seeing what Tua has right now also a point I want to bring up with the Dolphins, and this is I forgot about, they have two first-round picks this year, one of which came from Houston, which is shaping up to be an insane pick. Yeah, I think Houston right now in the power rankings is like 28th. Which would put them in at least a top at in the top five draft or maybe even at minimum top 10. So clearly... They're going to have two top 15 picks. Right, so there's another transitional player that Miami is just going to accumulate. So I think they're tra- testing out Tua, seeing what he is. Tua's going to need help to win games. He's not one of these guys that can just throw it all over the yard and win you the game on his own. He has to win in some pretty comfortable situations, and that w- that's kind of what he did against Arizona. I don't think Tua won them the game. I still think that the Dolphins won the game. This is still where I'm at on Tua. But it's only two games. I'm not passing any final judgment on Tua. I'm skepti- skeptical of Tua. That's all. I'm just skeptical. Well, I'm I think healthy, I think what skeptic with I think what he showed on Sunday was very promising, and yeah. we'll have to see what he does next week. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so after Monday night's game, or not Monday night's game, Sunday night's game, we were all kind of left uh, scratching in our heads because the uh, the Bucks put up three points. Yeah, the real goat came out to play. See, no, 
No. So here's the thing. You can pass judgment on whomever you want to on this Bucks teams. It was clear that this team might not have even watched film at all. Because if you watched that game, it was kind of like playing Madden. They were just throwing things out on the field and hoping something worked. I didn't really see a real game plan from Tampa Bay. Drew Brees is not the real GOAT. Let's not get that mixed up. Tom Brady is the GOAT of GOATs. He has six rings in the NFL with one franchise. He has more Super Bowls than a lot of franchises do. So let's just zip that in the bud now. What happened was Tampa Bay is not as great as we think they are. And this is what I said early in the year. This team is just, you know, this. it's the name grab. And this was something I was worried about in the early in the year. They're just... A.B., Gronk, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, all these guys, they're just pulling everyone that's got talent into the franchise, and they're not buttoned up. They don't look like a crisp, well-run team that's got chemistry and all of this. They just don't have it. The Saints do. They have a little bit of equal talent on the receiving core, maybe definitely not up to snuff to what the receiving core in Tampa Bay is. And Drew was throwing it all over the yard, through four touchdowns. We can stop the talk that Drew's a shot fighter. I mean, he's got a little bit left in the tank. Tampa Bay is just going to be a 9-10 win team, and they're not going to win a Super Bowl. The, last night proved that. That's what was proven to me. Tampa Bay is not winning a Super Bowl. I don't know, but they've still shown signs, such as not, la- not last week when they played the Giants, but the week before they put up 45 against the Raiders, and the week before that they put up, I forget what it was, so they beat the uh, Packers. They put up 38 on the Packers. Yeah, the Packers are another front-running team that I don't think is going to win a Super Bowl either because they can't stop a run defense to save, they can't stop a run game to save their lives. The Packers also lost to the Vikings in a pretty embarrassing performance when Dalvin Cook ran for four touchdowns. Correct. Now that the Saints have swept the Bucks, and I want to point out that this is the first time that Tam Brady has been swept by a divisional opponent in his career. It's the, and this make it clear the, he is playing a lot better opponents. This is the largest margin of defeat he has had in his 20-year career. Let's get those two things straight out. Now that they've been swept, they can't win their division. They just can't, unless the Saints physically implode like a supernova, which I don't see happening so long as Sean Payton and Drew Brees are still in that organization. They're now going to have to go on the road for the entirety of the playoffs. Do you understand how next to impossible that is to do, to play road games every week in the playoffs to go try and win a Super Bowl? Yeah, but this year I feel like it's only a travel problem, not necessarily just being in a different environment problem. It's definitely still – being in a different environment still plays an effect on you. It definitely does. I don't care. I know people saying that the fans there make a tremendous difference, and I'm sure it makes a little bit of a difference. But not being on your home field where you just have to drive to the stadium and everything's cool, it makes a difference. It makes an impact, especially if you have to go play a cold-weather team, which they would have to play in Philadelphia. Makes a difference. I mean, we'll have to see where they where they end up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They've been so – inconsistent this year they played well they've played bad against chicago they've played well they play bad against the saints like it's, uh, that's the thing if you're not consistent can you really win a super bowl it just depends on if when you, you don't hit have that any consistency streak. from week to week yeah but we thought they were hitting a hot streak when they blew out the packers you know what i mean we thought they were on the upward trajectory and i said that they were too but this shows me you play the best the second best team or the best team in your division one of the best teams in the nfc and you get clapped you get taken to dinner i don't know 
I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, I definitely think uh, Tom playing in the NFC uh, round in the playoffs, especially with better teams in his divi- or in his division, is definitely making a huge difference in the way that this season's shaping up for him. And I expected it. I mean, everybody knew going into it that it was going to be a different year for Tom. He's playing with a different team, obviously, different opponents. I mean, there isn't a almost there almost isn't a bad team in that division uh, right now. Honestly, you can say there's a bad team in that division. Whereas when he was in Who's the third team in that division? It's the Falcons, the uh, Yeah, you yeah. definitely can say there's a bad team in that division. Atlanta. Atlanta's been playing better though. Okay. They're two and six? Yeah. All right. Okay, All right. You can me. say there's a yep, bad one. There's right, a bad team that. in that I'll division. All right. I was wrong. Sorry. All right. Anyways, moving on to somebody who used to play in that bad division. Cam Newton had a comeback against uh the the uh they had a comeback. <clears throat> they had a comeback. The Patriots Fought back. Cam led a comeback against, um, God, who did they play? They played the Jets. Right. They played one of the uh, the perennial all-stars in this league, the New York Jets, who have failed to win a game this year. And y'all made Joe Flacco look like Super Bowl Joe. No, Joe Flacco made himself look like Super Bowl Joe. Joe Flacco's elite. I'm just kidding. He's washed right. up. I but, wouldn't say he's elite. No, it's not jumped to But you let But you let old-ass Joe Flacco and Father Time himself in Frank Gore almost beat him. Yeah, that was okay. I have never. All right, yes, I have been big on this team, but it's solely my reasoning for being big on this team was Cam. Their defense is usually plays pretty well, and their secondary played terrible through the first three and a half quarters of that football game. Admit something to me here and now. You're worried about this team and your prediction. No, Brad. There's no way you're gonna lo- beat the Jets by three. They were actually. Let me, get, let me go. Let me go back. Let me go back to something you said earlier today. I think it was uh, not that long ago. In fact, might have been 20 minutes ago. I believe a win is a win, no matter how it happens. And if your team's the team making the plays, then that's all that matters. doesn't matter who you're playing, because when you get to a new week, a new Sunday, it's clean slate for both teams. I think we're seeing from the Jets that they know how to win, but they're not winning strictly because of the reason that they know who's sitting in their lap. You cannot sit here and tell me that if this team had Trevor Lawrence, they wouldn't be a serious team. They'd be pretty good. Now, that defense needs work. I'll give them credit for that. That defense looks like... I mean, the receivers Their receivers hot, didn't look bad. Hot garbage. That Bashad Perryman's good. Robbie Anderson, that's not... He's not there anymore. Is. He's Carolina. Bashad Perryman's good. Uh, Jamison Crowder is good. Braxton Berrios isn't bad. There's another guy that I'm forgetting. Apparently, Frank Gore doesn't age. Makai Becton, if he can stay healthy, is a good offensive lineman. My thing is, the only reason that I have difference of opinions between the Steelers and the Patriots is this. One team is 8-0, one team's 3-7. and seven. The other team's 3-7 and seven for a reason. Cam Newton is has two touchdowns, two touchdown passes to seven interceptions. That is the worst ratio in the NFL. So eventually you have to say, maybe Cam is part of the issue when you only throw two touchdowns and throw seven picks. It's part of the issue that this team is three and seven, or two and seven, or three and six, or whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah, because every time they go, they, they see every time there's a possibility for a big play, Cam doesn't let the ball go, and yes, that's a problem. He doesn't have any confidence. He doesn't have any confidence to complete a ball down the field. It's he not likes confidence. Throw, it's a lack of mechanics. They show it every time he throws a bad ball. He doesn't follow through. His shoulders get high. His feet get lateral, and he throws just air mails. Yeah, so so he doesn't do it because he's been doing this. Know that he's he doing was that. a rookie in Carolina. Yes. Has Cam never frustrated you? Cam has frustrated me. He's never been the most accurate quarterback. Okay. Yes, I agree with you okay. there. I've never said he was the best to ever play football. I don't I mean, know. You act like he built Bank of America Stadium himself. I mean, 
No, he didn't. Jake DeLome did that, but that's a different conversation. Jake DeLome's a better Panthers quarterback than Cam Newton. I mean, they both have the same accomplishments. Yeah, I guess they do. They both almost won a Super Bowl. Yep. You know what uh, close only counts in? Horseshoes and hand grenades. That is right, sir. But my thing is, is that this Patriots team has kind of put themselves in a bind. They're in a tough slot, but I think this one definitely helps. That for later, as far as this Patriots team being in a bind, but it's pretty clear Cam's one and done in this Patriots uniform. We'll have to see. Maybe he leads a comeback, and they finish eleven and five. So you've gone from twelve and four to eleven and five when they've already lost six games. They've only lost five. They're three and five. I got three and five looking at me in the face. Really? Yes. I thought they were three and six. Well, they're going to lose to Buffalo. No, they're going to beat Buffalo. That's crazy. That's not even close to factual. They're probably – they've got a good shot at losing to the Chargers. If the Chargers can figure out how to not give up leads, it'd be awesome. But that, to me, means that they need a new coach if we're talking about the Chargers moving on from your precious Cam Newton. The Chargers need a new head coach. I mean, can we admit that the reason they're blowing leads is they're not necessarily buttoned up. They get real conservative. It's time for a new coach. I love Anthony I agree, Lynn. I yeah. think he's a I decent coach. It's time, to, it's time to kind of change gears there and give Justin Herbert the coach that he's probably going to have for the rest of his career. Because I think anybody would be happy to have Justin Herbert as their quarterback, no matter who the coach is. I think this offense has is very legit. Like it has a lot of elite weapons at receiver and Justin Herbert quarterback. I, think I, I don't I think see a reason. Really good. I don't see a reason why a good coach wouldn't boost them to a definitely a playoff team, if not maybe a little more. Mm, I agree. I do agree. I just they got to stop giving up these leads. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It seems to be a common theme this this season. A lot of teams are giving up leads. Yeah, it seems it's kind of uh, annoying. Anyway. That's why I didn't count the Bucks out until like the clock hit zero. I mean that one you probably could have considering it was thirty one to three or whatever, but that's fine. Anyways, you want to talk a little mid season awards? Yeah, I'm down. So we got MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. All right, MVP, I'm still leaning Russ. I'm leaning Patrick Mahomes. That man I is ridiculous. Could concede that right now. The race is probably Pat 1, Russ 2. Russ has definitely fallen down with these two losses to Arizona and then last week to the Bills. I still think if he can play lights out the rest of the season and especially help the Seahawks. I mean, they'll definitely make the playoffs, but, you know, make them a dominant, you know, put them in a good spot, one or two seed in the playoffs. I don't see a reason why he shouldn't with his lack of weapons compared to Patrick Mahomes, but that's if they look at it that way. Defensive player of the year? I got to go Aaron Donald. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't. I mean, he's leading the league in sacks at nine through nine games, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's Aaron Donald. He's clear. I mean, there's no – there is arguments you can make, but I don't know many players that you would put up against Aaron Donald. Uh, Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I could say T.J. Watt, but I can go Aaron Donald. Offensive rookie of the year – Burrow. I think Herbert will sneak up in there. Definitely Burrow. I like Herbert. I mean, yes. Herbert's in a better position than Burrow is. 100%. But, again, it's it's all how you look at it. It's all how the the committee decides to look at these things because it's just like the Heisman. The Heisman isn't necessarily – or just kidding, not the Heisman. The MVP in the NBA is always really like who played the best, not who helped your team out the most. I think Joe Burrow did both. 
We'll see. I got to see the rest of the season. There's still a lot of there's still a lot of game left to play, and Herbert hasn't played every game, as Burrow has. I Bur- Herbert missed two games, dude. Yeah, and what do you mean and? I still think we got to give him a little bit more time. There's still going to be two game difference, no matter how many games. He, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna come up and he's gonna do some more. He's got a little bit more time. You got to give him a little bit more time to get to the same spot Burrow's at. All right, whatever. Um, defensive rookie of the year, Jeremy Chen. For Carolina, he got hurt. I think it was two weeks ago, maybe last week. So he, I, I don't remember if he played last week. I know he didn't play the week before, but before he got hurt, he was leading all rookies in tackles, and he was seventh, I believe, in the league in tackles. I mean, the dudes come in and he's made a huge difference in the Carolina defense. Their secondary still isn't perfect; it's not great, but he's definitely a key piece for them. And I don't know anybody. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to say um, Chase Young, but. I like Jeremy Chin better. I think he's doing more for the Panthers than Chase Young's doing for Washington. 16 solo tackles, three and a half sacks, one forced fumble. He's 35th in the league for sacks, 37th. Ooh. Yeah, Chase Young is not playing too hot. Um, yeah, I kind of think Chase Young might have a little bit of a resurgence towards the latter half of the season, but I actually got to be honest, I haven't really paid attention to many defensive rookies because they're not – as standout as a lot of the offensive guys are. Um, well, it's convenient for me that Jeremy Chin plays for Carolina, so yeah, I you happen see to get to watch all it all the time. time. But uh, but let's look at who uh, who's in the lead right now. What, for defensive rookie of the year? Yeah. Let's see who's in the lead right now. Do they have a like stat up for they that? They usually do. They give out quarter season awards, stuff like that. All right, so some of the defensive rookies of the year, if you want to look at them, could be a Jeff Okuda. Uh, right now, Patrick Queen's in the talk. Jalen Johnson is in discussion. And Anthony and Antoine Winfield is in discussion. Those are the top three at, at, at the moment. Which is because Jeremy Chin's been hurt. But once he comes back, I think it might hurt him in the long run, depending on how everybody else plays. But I still think he's deserving of it. I really, I really like uh, Jalen Johnson from Chicago. That would probably be the person I would pick, either him or Antoine Winfield. But... Considering what Tampa did, definitely probably Jalen Johnson. Also, uh, coach of the year, I would give to Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, right now I don't know if you can go anywhere else. I mean, they're 8-0. They're clearly debatably the best team in the league. <clears throat> and, it's, and it's Mike Tomlin. I mean, Coming back from the terribleness that they were last year. Yeah, I mean, their big difference was Big Ben. And they added a couple other pieces here and there. but Comeback but, player of the year? No, it'll be Alex Smith. <clears throat> Do you think it'll be Alex Smith? Yes. I mean, he's still, well, I guess we have a lot of the season to go. But yeah, there's still a lot of season. That's why I say that. If we were giving him out now, I'd give it to Big Ben. But yes. if Alex Smith leads this team to greatness, then uh, 100%. Greatness, but I feel like if he gets four wins out of this team. I think he should get it regardless. The fact that he's on an NFL roster is remarkable. Yeah, which blew my mind. Blew Not my me. mind. Not me. As well. We're going to move on to quarter two. That's wraps on NFL football chat. We're going to get to some college football talk. Brad, the rich keep getting richer. I'm going to be insufferable as long as Notre Dame and uh, Pittsburgh keep winning. It's kind of insane. that This is really a terrible time to start this because neither you just of my get... teams have lost. Yeah, and, and it's annoying. And I was really hoping for it with Clemson. I looked at this game. It sucked that Trevor didn't play. Clemson was missing three defensive players that were crucial. 
But they still lost. At the end of the day, a loss is a loss. Yep, this is what we always talk about. And also, if you want to talk, oh, Clemson was missing three defensive players. Even when they had those players, they were the 13th-ranked defense in the country. And even if Trevor Lawrence had played, Trevor Lawrence can't stop him from giving up 47. Can't. Yeah, but this is the same team that struggled last week against Boston College. They had the same players that were missing, and they had the same quarterback plan, and they almost lost to Boston College. One, it shows you how important Trevor Lawrence is. Two, it shows you how this Clemson defense probably isn't as good as we like to hype them up as right now. And three, damn, what was three? I had a third one. I had a third one in the holster, ready to go. Oh, they have a bit of a turnover problem. Those two fumbles, Trevor Lewis not, is not stopping those fumbles. Travis Etienne fumbled one that got cribbed. Yeah, well, Travis and they Etienne fumbled another one. The very next possession, Travis Etienne was not Travis Etienne in this football game. Yeah, because the Notre Dame defense held him in check. Yeah, but DJ still had 440 yards, but he only had two touchdowns, so it definitely hurt him. Right, you told me this guy a lot. I was hurting that this team would be better without with DJ Ungalele. Ungalele. DJ. Everybody was telling me he would make this team better. Clearly he hasn't. They struggled with Boston College, lost to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame now is probably not going to lose a football game until the ACC championship. Now they're going to drop on a UNC. I still got a feeling. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. You know who the two teams you've lost to are? Yes. You want to give me the first one? Florida State. Right. They're aggressively bad at the game of football. And yes, there's uh, teams teams lose to bad teams sometimes. but two bad sometimes, teams. But they can play up to Notre Dame. Two They'll be all teams. right. They'll be all right. Two bad teams, Brad. Yeah, whatever. They'll and be all know, right. You didn't just lose to Florida State. You were getting mopped by Florida Yeah, State but then we almost came back, so it's okay. We just had a bad half. We just had a bad half. You had a bad three quarters. It's okay. We almost came back and won. Yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Anyways, Liberty beats Virginia Tech, and I love that Liberty is in the top 25. I think they're actually 23 or 22 right now. Yeah, they're definitely moving. I know they're moving up. I know but, they're moving up. Uh, I but Tech really, are. really shafted themselves. They really, really shafted themselves. They really... Blocked the punt for the game-winning touchdown, but the coach had called timeout, and then Liberty hit a kick. That kick was good from 70. It was kind of insane. Yeah, I loved watching this game because I know so many people that go to Tech, and when every year you got that debate, you know, Tech's the best, you know, team in the state of football, yada, 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 whatever. I'm tired of hearing Tech fans just go on and on about it. I'm tired of hearing this whole Tech-UVA rivalry. I'm glad Liberty is finally in this conversation and is proving to be the most dominant of the three. Okay. That this was year. reckless as this shit. Year. This year. But Liberty is not <laughs> the most dominant team in Virginia college football. That's bananas that you would say that. Who is? Right now, Virginia Tech. Is it still Virginia Tech? I'm talking this year. Okay. Okay, dominant's the wrong word. They're playing better than anybody else. Okay, the best team in the state this year, sorry. Not dominant. Let's not get crazy. Dominant. I mean, moving forward, Liberty could be be it. I don't know. Uh, Apparently, Coastal Carolina's for real because they're 15th in the nation. I still love Coastal. I love Coastal. Coastal. Their team, everybody's got a mullet, and it is sick. It's honestly one of the most interesting teams in college football, and I'm just excited. I want to watch every game now. I, I feel like it ha- I feel like they have like a lot of Blue Mountain State vibes down there. 100%. I mean, it's right on the beach. I want Coastal Carolina on like a night game. Like, give me prime time Coastal Carolina. I want Kirk Herb Street. I need a I need a, a give game me day. college game day in Coastal. I need a game day because I need all the stories about the players. I need background. I, I need to know these guys because they look sick. Yeah, I gotta know them. I'm down. Maybe maybe that would be a game we should go to. Let's head on down to Coastal. I'm down to go to Coastal. Let's head on down to Coastal. 
Alright, uh, Penn State is hot ass. That's a pretty aggressive take, but not wrong. Yeah, I I mean, Penn there's State's no bad. way there's no way you can go. We thought that the first loss in Indiana, Indiana wasn't bad. We were like, okay, this is just a fluke, whatever. Crazy play call at the end. Got pan fried and sautéed against Ohio State, which to okay. be expected. Yes, it was Ohio State, but they did get you know absolutely dismantled by Ohio State. I mean, however many cooking analogies you want to make, pan fried, sautéed, honey roasted, lemon zested, whatever you want to call it. But it was it was it was this week. That really confused me. Yeah, I mean, this week for Penn State, Maryland, dude, and you have some insane thing to say about. Yeah, okay, it's a hot take later, but we'll get to it later. Yeah, right? We'll save yeah. it for the end. But um, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I mean, okay, I got it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I got it the first, and Maryland's two and one. All right, but it's still Maryland football. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. First two games, you have kind of an excuse for it. The first one, less so than the second. But Maryland. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. I have just. I'm befuddled by this Penn State team. They were ranked eighth. Yeah, that was high. I think we were going to come back to earth about this Penn State team, and James Franklin might not have a job pretty soon. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not looking. They're not looking too like, hot. Yeah, and I don't expect them to pick it back up anytime soon. Right now, no. I don't. I don't see that either. But uh, we'll see. I mean, hopefully they can turn it around. But. Maybe they can make a bowl game, but Penn State has a lot of questions to answer, and I just think Penn State, Penn State's kind of headed back to their uh, moment of oblivion pretty soon. I don't think they're going to be able to compete with Ohio State for a for a good long time. Um, one team, probably the biggest game of the week, outside of Notre Dame and Cle- excuse me, probably the biggest game of the week outside of Notre Dame and Clemson. Florida took down Georgia. Yeah, this game had me super entertained for about the first quarter, first quarter and a half, and then yep. Georgia was just like, no, this is this is all us. Or Florida, sorry, excuse me. Florida, yeah, Florida, was, just, Florida so, was like, this is all us. No, no, this is us. Kyle Trask is proving to be one of the better quarterbacks in college football, which is really upsetting because I was hoping he would be a Pittsburgh Steeler, but probably not going to be there at 30 or 31, wherever we're going to end up drafting. Now, if Ben gets hurt, we have to play – Mason Rudolph, different story. He might slide on down to 15, but we'll see where Kyle Trask ends up. But I would love to take him if he's there. But anyways, I really liked I, – I think Florida's the real deal. I mean, I know they lost to Mississippi. It was Mississippi State that they lost to. I believe so. Or was it Texas A&M? Because if it's Texas uh, – It was Texas A&M. It was Texas A&M. See, now that it's Texas A&M, this, this puts Florida back in the college football conversation. And that's what we have talking about next, the new top four. Now it's Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. I think Florida could play their way up to the top four. They're fifth? No. Yeah, they're sixth. A&M, they're A&M sixth is five now, right now. Which I think A&M is high. I think A&M is high. I do think A&M is high. I mean, they do have that one big win against Florida, but I don't know what else I got, really got. Yeah, I don't know. That one's a little surprising. But I think Florida, Florida needs to win now. Florida needs to beat Alabama if they want to get into the top four. That's what the position they put themselves in. Losing to A&M means you can't lose anymore in the SEC. And now you have to – you've beaten Georgia, beaten Georgia pretty handily, which is a really great win for them. But now the test is Alabama. I don't know when – I don't know who they play next. They don't have Bama on the schedule. They'd have to play Bama in the SEC championship. Now, I think I think Florida could compete for the SEC championship game. I don't think against a Bama team. And this Bama team looks pretty darn good right now. If you can stop Najee Harris, you can beat Bama. Yes, I and agree. And if Kyle Trask can throw for five touchdowns against Bama – he can win that football game. I don't think that Bama's defense will let up five touchdown passes. Bama has the worst quarterback between the two. Yes. 
100%. He should not be in the Heisman race. I'm excited to watch that football game. Yes, I think it'll be very entertaining, like, but we got to and Florida doesn't Florida doesn't have anything in the way of them getting to that game right now. I mean, their toughest opponent for the rest of the season is LSU. And, and LSU, we know how LSU is in football. LSU or Bama isn't playing this week because of COVID, which is depressing. I'm not surprised LSU was gonna get mollywopped anyways. They were gonna get steamrolled, but you know, COVID's it's COVID. There's nothing you can. I'm yeah. not surprised. Everybody still gets riled up by games getting canceled by COVID. You cannot be surprised by this. We knew this was gonna happen, so you just kind of have to be fluid with the situation. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of. The, that game got postponed. I believe the A&M game got postponed it as did. well. And I knew there was a lot of talk about this earlier in the week with all the COVID mess uh, since things have been going up a lot. And I knew eventually at some point it was going to get into college football because there's no way to maintain it considering that everybody else is at their own universities and they're traveling. No matter how much you test, like people are going to interact with people. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. And, you know, I understand. I understood that it was going to happen, so – it is what it is. Now we've got to live with it. You, you just, yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can really, we can really do. Uh, do you want to talk a little AP top 10 before we move on to quarter three? Yeah, I'm all in. So Bama's one, no problems there. Notre Dame two, no problem there. Ohio State, Clemson at three and Florida respectively, no problem there. I think Florida should be fifth over Texas A&M, but I see why they are. Just because A&M beat Florida, that makes sense. Cincinnati is one of the more surprising teams in college football this year balling right now whoever that quarterback is is making a name for himself even though i can't remember it byu they have a aj miller they have zach zach wilson i believe is his name i believe is the quarterback's name for byu he is making his name for a main name for himself in the nfl draft a hundred percent miami is at nine i wish they were higher but miami football's back to an extent yes not not back back but and then indiana at 10 Look at Indiana. I mean, hey, they've Ballin'. they've they've made a name for themselves. They've been they haven't been playing. Um, wait, they haven't been playing terrible football. They have not. And then if you just want to roll through it, Oregon at eleven, Georgia now dropped to twelve, Wisconsin is at thirteen, Oklahoma State at fourteen, Coastal at fifteen, Marshall at sixteen, Iowa State seventeen, Oklahoma, SMU, Southern Cal, Texas, Liberty, Northwestern, Auburn, and Louisiana Lafayette. I love seeing USC back up here. Uh, I don't really care. I don't really. I'm not big on West Coast football. Well, no. I mean, I definitely think West Coast football is a lot weaker than you know SEC, East Coast, East Coast yeah, football, East Coast, like that, Southern but. Division football. But I mean, this is just. I mean, the uniqueness of this top 25 this year: Louisiana, Marshall, Coastal, Liberty. I mean, shoot, even Cincinnati, BYU, really. Yeah, I mean, these teams that are not. Um, perennial college football elites are making their way into the top 25. And I don't know if you attribute this to COVID or a little bit of diversion and recruiting and commitments and things like that, but I really am enjoying kind of the the uniqueness of this college football season. Yeah, I like the change. I like how, I mean, obviously there's not going to be a change at the top. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it'll change like, you know, the, the it three will change. Or f- yeah, it'll change eventually, eventually yes. yeah. The three or four teams at the top, you know, they'll rotate around. They're going to rotate around for, for a while. Like, you know. Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, until head coaches are gone, until they run out of quarterbacks, whatever, they're going to rotate up top. But I love the fact that there's all these other teams that are being cycled into the mix that are at least being, like, given a shot. Like, you know, Coastal at 15, yes, they're playing lights-out football, don't get me wrong, but 
you know, you're, you're not going to, I feel like you're not going to see that in a normal year because they're not going to come up as quick. Nobody's going to focus on them as much when you have every other Power Five conference starting at the same exact time. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they wouldn't have gotten, like, I think they were, they got into the top 25 like two or three weeks ago when Pac 12 wasn't playing, Big Ten wasn't playing, uh, and all these, you know, the SEC had just come back after a few weeks. Like, you know, things were still, nothing had been known for sure about you know what teams or what so I, I but it's cool that they were able that they're able to get in there and it'd be cool to see them stick around correct all right um quarter three everything as brad eloquently put it we're gonna talk a little masters action here i'm really excited uh the masters is on there was a sick hole in one today by john ram he literally it was one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. There's the quadruple skip over the pond and then the perfect line break into the hole. It was just insane. All right, so every year they do this. They do this that, that is a little tradition. They always try to skip the ball over top of that little pond and try to get up onto the green. Cuz I saw I remember seeing DJ do it last year, but I don't think he I did, I'm pretty sure he didn't have a hole in one. Seeing John Rahm do that today and watching that ball roll down the green for an eternity and then finding its way into the cup, I just don't understand how they do it. I mean, obviously, I'm not. He sure. didn't plan that to go in. Not sure how that's pop. I'm. I would love to see the, like the, the next gen stats on how likely that is. I would put a pretty good gamble. It's less than one. The one thing that always blows my mind when watching golf shots, especially once they get on the green, because like you know when I'm when I'm putting myself, you know, I'll hit the ball and I see it go this one speed the whole time, and it, or eventually just speeds up out of nowhere and just flies off the green, whatever. It feels like every time I'm watching a PGA putt, you know, it'll make that curve, but it looks like it's about to stop. And then somehow it just hits a perfect spot and just keeps going. And that's what I thought about when I was watching this. And I was like, there's like I thought there was no way it was going in. I thought the ball had stopped. I was like, it's done. It's over. And it just kept going. Kept pace. That's they're professionals, Brad. I just I just don't get it. I want to be there. I want to be them. Uh, never. I'll get there. I'll get there. No. I'll get there. My golf game's not terrible. But it's not great. It's not terrible. Ah. We're getting there. We're, we're getting better. We're getting eh. better. All right. But on the Masters, I don't know how much golf you watch. I'm a decent golf guy. My favorite to win right now is Bryson DeChambeau. He's changed his body type tremendously. His drive is ungodly. I hate Bryson. You hate Bryson DeChambeau? I hate him. I'm, I know he can be a bit overbearing, but I'm pretty sure that this guy has a shot to win the Masters this uh, year. Yes, he does. He's my favorite. I don't see a Tiger repeat, though. No, not a chance. I had to put that in there just because we got to talk Tiger. It's, it's now, the Masters. It, he's a reigning champion. Like You have to bring it up, man. It's Tiger Woods. I want to watch this man play golf. Yes, sure. 100%. I mean, yes. he tees off on Thursday at 7.55, and you bet I will be awake at 7.30 to watch him tee off. Let's get it popping. I don't care what happens. It's Masters. I will watch all four days, every hour, unless you know something gets in my way. But there's not a lot of things that are going to keep me from watching this Masters. Tiger, will he win it again? Probably not. Last year was almost a fluke, but I love to see it. It was great. It was awesome. It was, you know, what I needed at the time. This year, Bryson, definitely a favorite to win. He's not my favorite, only because I hate him. But he's a favorite. Yes, he's definitely up there. Your favorite. No, he's definitely a favorite. You can't keep him out of that conversation. Two others I like. Brooks, I'm a huge Brooks Kepka fan. Brooks has been a little bit disappointing lately, but if he can pull off a Masters, I would like to see it. And, I mean, he was in position last year to do it, and I think he's been – I mean, he's had a lot of time off, so I think that will definitely play into it. It's all going to come down to how he comes out in the first two days. I think if he comes out playing well, he'll be all right. You know, if he swings the ball well. I mean, there was a lot of times throughout this year that I've watched him play where, you know, he's just hitting the ball wrong. You know, it's just, it's he's trying to aim straight, and it's ended up in the trees. So as long as he can keep himself from doing that, 
I think he'll be okay, and I think he'll be up in the top. And the other one I like is Dustin, is the old DJ because I mean he's had a great run in like his past. DJ. He's playing well, you know, right past now. couple months. He's had some time off. There hasn't been any real big majors because Augusta, but I also think he's he's got to be up there as well. I think he does too, but I think it's going to be really really fun to watch. Um, the NCAA men's basketball they have released their schedule. I have not had a chance to look at it, but I have had a chance to look at the AP poll. For the preseason uh, top ten, I have to say, it's uh, it's interesting. I was very hurt to see UNC at sixteen. I think they deserve to be there. No, I'm not surprised, but it just hurts because you know, as a UNC guy, seeing them at sixteen to start the season isn't what you're used to seeing. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, Gonzaga at one, Baylor at two, Villanova at three. That's those top three right there outside of Villanova. These are not traditional powerhouse basketball teams. No, and I hate Gonzaga, but they are it's, so good. It's odd. But I'm really excited to see it. I mean, if we look at the top ten, I mean, Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Virginia, Iowa, Kansas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Duke, Kentucky. Seeing Illinois at I was going to say, seeing Illinois at eight. Wisconsin at really seven, Iowa at five. I mean, Wisconsin's shown Iowa. had success in the past. Iowa at five. I was I was pretty good last year. I'm pretty sure they had a, they have a good center, don't they? I forget I forget his name. They got a good center. Power I believe they do. I, I don't know. His name I haven't watched. Oh yeah, it's that guy, Luke Garza. That guy. We haven't watched college basketball in so long. It's been so I long. Don't, I don't. I am know. so excited for this season. I cannot wait. Like I don't usually watch a whole ton of regular season games. I watch, you know, when they get to the ACC play. I'm going to be watching that. a lot of college basketball. It will. I I will watch anybody. I will watch anybody play. I'll watch Harvard play basketball, and I hate. I don't like watching those Ivy League schools play basketball. Most of them aren't very good. I will sit and watch Harvard play basketball if it's the only thing on the television. I don't care. But I'm very excited to see these guys play. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, they're going to have to do something. Basketball is in a unique situation with COVID where you're pretty aware that there's nobody in the stands because you hear the squeaking and the, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see. I'm going to say they implement it because they had time to plan out everything, like in a big stretch with the NBA. So they've had time to look at some other leagues, see what's going on. So hopefully they can put something together. But I'm looking forward to college basketball. Um, as far as national championship team goes, I guess it's going to be one of these top five guys because I don't know much about Duke right now. I mean, as much as a Duke fan I am, I have not been paying attention to who they're recruiting. Um, the further away I get from high school, the further I know about who is really good in high school basketball. So Yeah, I feel that. I mean, it's definitely been hard to keep up with everything because there's been a lot of other news, you know, this year going around and not necessarily focused, especially without the NCAA tournament. You know, there wasn't all this focus on, you know, who's going where next year, who's going to, you know, who's looking to sign where, what teams have what potential recruits coming in. Over the summertime, we didn't hear much about it unless you were super focused on it because, you know, there was COVID, there was all this other stuff going on. So that's kind of why I feel like not – I haven't heard as much about NCAA basketball this year, especially with the NBA being pushed back and everything else just kind of happening right now. But I think once the season picks up, I think everybody will be locked and loaded and ready to go. I mean, but I, I, obviously I don't know much about who's going to do what at this point in time. I uh, I don't know either, Brad. I Look, I couldn't give you a favorite, but it's not Duke – or it's not – it's definitely not Duke. It's not Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova. And it's not North Carolina for some of the first time in, you know, years that Duke and Carolina are not favorites to win the national title. Yeah, but I think that means that one of them are going to do it. Maybe. And it'll be UNC, but it's a conversation for another day. That is a conversation for another day. Day. And Brad's already making some hot takes, so we're going to go right into our hot takes with my thing is. Brad, what's your thing, man? Right, my thing is, 
This is bold. This is hot. This is way out there. But my thing is that let me make sure. What is it? Tua will be better than Tua. And I say this because all right, let's look at it this way. So I saw his dad call him Leah. At least I think so. I'm just gonna call him. I'll call him Tua Leah. I don't want to mess his name up, but I do think I'm pronouncing it right. Tua Leah's playing at Maryland. He was at Bama. He transferred in May to Maryland. He's come in. They're two and one. A Maryland team that wasn't known for a whole lot. They've been a great team. Yeah, they beat a Penn State team who has, you know, as we talked about, two one and a half justified losses. They got destroyed by Maryland. Tua Leah played great. Last week, week before, he also played great. I believe that was against Minnesota. Am I right? His touchdown interceptions, not great. He is only a sophomore. He's got time to grow. He's got time to get better. He's small, 5'11", 205. But I think that he's going to provide more for the Maryland team that, than Tua did at Bama. Granted, he wasn't there very, you know, he didn't get to start the whole time he was there. But Question. Answer. He's 5'11". Yeah. Bye. Done. Don't buy me. Over it. Russell Wilson's 5'11". Over it. Is he's not he's not going to be Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, but, what uh, are you basing this? Well, Russell off Wilson of? was very underrated when he was in college. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm basing this off of a pure get, gut feeling. Tua didn't get beat up by Mac Jones. Tua Leah did. That's why he's at Maryland. I don't think Mac Jones is as good as Tua. So if we transitive properly, well, I think Tua Leah is better than Mac Jones. Probably not. He's just got better weapons around him in Bama. Mm, no. Yes. No. Yes. If he had better weapons around him in Bama, why didn't Tua Leah get start? Probably didn't show enough Because he was a freshman. He wanted to play. He was a freshman. What's he get what's he gonna do? As a freshman beat out Mac Jones, who's a junior? Wait like his brother did. No, he didn't want to. He wanted to play. Okay. I don't blame him. If he wants to play, he wants to play. All I'm saying He's still is still gonna be better. I, I don't even really have much of an argument for you right now because it's just so inherently wrong and I'm so mind blown by Just what wait you're... for it. Just wait for it. He's gonna be better. We're going to keep this one stored in the old back pocket for sure, but that's insane. It's going to happen. Just wait. That's insane. I can see the future. I'm telling you. Okay. It's going to happen. Okay. That's fine. We'll look at this. Now, I don't really have much to say to what you just said, but I do have a lot to say about my thing because my thing is Bill Belichick is in trouble. And let me tell you why. We have had the debate between is it Bill Belichick or is it Tom Brady, Bill or Brady, who made the Patriots what they are. I've always argued it's the combination of both, but Bill's not winning without Brady. Brady could win without Bill. That was always my argument. And the reason for this is because if you have a good coach, a good coach cannot make a team win football games. A quarterback without a good coach can win football games for a team. But a quarterback with a great coach is going to win Super Bowls. Did my logic follow there? Yes. A great quarterback with a great coach wins Super Bowls. A great quarterback with a bad coach wins games. A great coach without any quarterback wins 43% of his games, which is what Bill Belichick does when he doesn't have Tom Brady. So Bill Belichick needs a quarterback, which he does not have in Cam Newton, who I have said is probably a one-and-done, might get another year after this. So my question is, what is the succession plan for Tom Brady? We thought it was Jimmy Garoppolo. It wasn't. We thought it was Jacoby Brissett. Turns out it wasn't. They're gonna out. They're gonna play their way out of getting one of these top three, four, five guys. So what's next for this team? I just don't see it. And I think Bill Belichick is getting himself in a position where people are gonna say, "Oh, it was Tom, it was Brady," because now that Brady's gone, this team is just in is just so bad. They have one of the least explosive offensive offenses in the league right now. They have very little talent on the offensive side of the ball. 
They can't get any separation. I think you wrote this earlier and erased it. All right. It was Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. Right? right. That's what you're going to say. Correct. And I agreed with that one. So I'm glad you changed it. So I had a little bit to dispute here. But here's why I want to go with the Bill knows what he's doing and he's not in trouble. This team has the fourth most cap space of any team next season. $72 million. This year, they had close to none. That's why Cam got such – I mean, I can't say that's why Cam got such a low contract, but they just didn't have much to give him if they wanted to give him more anyways. Next season, in the offseason, they're going to be making power moves. I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know where they're going to go. I don't know what they're going to do. But they have the cap space to do almost whatever they want. Not whatever they want. But well, they, they tried to they tried to uh, trade to uh, Stephon Gilmore, and then nobody really bid on it because everybody knows that Tom or uh, Bill tends to move off guys a year earlier too. So people probably know that Stephon Gilmore is on his way down. That's why they didn't really trade for him. Because I wouldn't give up anything. I wouldn't give. They wanted two picks for him. No, thank you. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know that necessarily their their fix right now is in the draft. I mean, they clearly have not made great draft picks ever, except for Tom, who they got in the seventh round. I mean, they've always picked up guys throughout, you know, just throughout the league who have, who Bill thinks is about to, you know, play well, who he thinks can come in and fit into the style that he wants to run the team as. And it's always worked out, and I think them having a ton of cap space is going to help them moving forward. Well, me and you disagree on that, but I think Bill's in trouble. That's really my thing. That is my thing. I think Bill is kind of, kind of building. He's kind of hurt his reputation towards the end of his career now. I really, really do think so. Well, we'll just see how he finishes out the rest of this year and what he gets into in the offseason. Well, Brad, hit your tagline. Uh, the Patriots will go ten and six. And have a great week, or have a week. Oh, I thought they were going to make the Super Bowl. Oh, I, no, I got off them making the Super Bowl. I was on them 10-6, and, and they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. Still wrong, but thank you. Let's have a week, folks. Let's have a week. Let's attack. Don't let me into my zone. Don't let me into my zone. I'm definitely in my zone. Zone, zone, zone.